Welcome to Current Radio's Politics Station. Please enjoy today's selection of political news. Today marks the Global Day of Action, with demonstrations demanding urgent climate action at COP28. But there seems to be a bit of a disconnect, doesn't it, Abby? Absolutely, Michael. Protests are happening, but they're scattered across different days in different countries. It's a bit like trying to combine voices from different rooms into one coherent conversation. Right. And speaking of conversations, there's a lot of buzz around Damian Carrington's OPEC scoop. The letter urging OPEC members to resist fossil fuel phase-out language in the global stock take has raised a few eyebrows. And few answers. COP28 Director General Ambassador Majid al-Suwaldi has reiterated their commitment to the 1.5-degree goal, but hasn't directly addressed the implications of the letter. And then there's the U.S. Deputy Climate Envoy Rick Duke. When asked about how developing countries can trust the U.S. in negotiations, given its record, he seems to have sidestepped the question. He did, Michael. He talked about the U.S.'s actions on energy transition, deforestation, and the importance of leadership, but didn't directly address the concerns raised. It's a classic case of political evasion. Meanwhile, there's a growing frustration at the UNFCCC for restricting freedom of expression and assembly of civil society at COP28. Almost 2,500 fossil fuel lobbyists are present, while those wanting to voice their concerns face restrictions. It's a stark contrast, isn't it? On one hand, you have a major climate action march planned, and on the other, restrictions on what can be said and how many can attend. It's a tricky situation. It is indeed. And then there's the OPEC letter, the organization's urgent call to its members to resist any fossil fuels phase-out language in negotiations has certainly stirred the pot. It's a clear sign of resistance, but interestingly, some see it as a positive sign. Catherine Abreu, founder and executive director of Destination Zero, suggests that OPEC's panic indicates COP28 might be on the verge of a historic outcome. And what could that outcome be? A shift away from fossil fuels towards renewable energy? The stakes are high, especially considering a new study by Christian Aid. It suggests that the Gulf region could face a 70% economic growth stifling by 2100 if fossil fuels aren't phased out. That's a sobering projection, Michael. The study also highlights that Gulf countries have some of the highest per capita emissions on the planet. It's a stark reminder of the urgency of this issue. Yes. And it's not just about the environment, but also about the economy, about human rights, about the future of our planet. The discussions and decisions at COP28 will shape the world we leave for future generations. Let's hope they're the right ones. Absolutely, Michael. The world is watching and the clock is ticking. The actions taken now will echo in the years to come. We'll continue to keep our listeners updated on the developments. From the urgent matters of climate change, and the COP28 conference, we now turn our attention to some pressing developments in UK politics. The political landscape is heating up with controversies surrounding the Prime Minister's policies and the internal dynamics of the Tory party. Stay tuned as we delve into these issues. Well, Abby, it seems we have a lot to unpack from across the pond. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak is facing some serious pressure over his policy to send asylum seekers to Rwanda, isn't he? Indeed, Michael. Sunak's rallying cry to his party members to unite or die ahead of this crucial commons vote speaks volumes about the, t the tension within the Tory party. 
It's a last-ditch effort to save the plan after the Supreme Court ruled the government's previous plans illegal. And it's not just the legality, but the humanitarian aspect, too. This legislation allows ministers to disregard parts of the Human Rights Act, but doesn't go as far as dismissing the European Convention on Human Rights. It's a delicate balance, one that's causing quite a stir among Tory MPs. And then there's the resignation of Rishi Sunak's former ally, Robert Jenrick. His stepping down as immigration minister has been a lightning rod for other Tory MPs with concerns about the Rwanda policy. It's causing quite the ripple effect. Right, and it's not just about the policy. Some speculate that Jenrick's resignation may have more to do with Sunak's failure to promote him to cabinet. It's a complex web of political maneuvering. Meanwhile, the emergency Rwanda legislation Sunak is pushing has been given a 50% at best chance of success. The Attorney General has warned that the legislation leaves a significant risk of the European Court of Human Rights blocking the removal flights. And amidst all this, we can't forget the taxpayers footing a 300,000 pound energy bill for MPs' second homes. It's a stark contrast to the ongoing debate over the Rwanda policy. Absolutely, Michael. And then there's the surge of salmonella cases due to a lack of post-Brexit quality checks on food. It's a tumultuous time for the UK, to say the least. And to top it all off, one of the flagship Brexit policies on immigration, banning Europeans from traveling to the UK with only a national identity card, has begun to be quietly reversed. It's a whirlwind of political activity. It certainly is, Michael. It's clear that Sunak has a lot on his plate right now. From the Rwanda legislation to the potential Tory leadership race, it's a critical time for his leadership. While the political landscape in the UK continues to be a whirlwind, let's shift our focus to the European Union, where there are some groundbreaking developments in the field of artificial intelligence. As technology continues to evolve at a rapid pace, the EU is taking significant steps to regulate and foster the growth of AI. Stay tuned as we delve into the latest on the Artificial Intelligence Act in the EU. Let's dive into the latest developments on the Artificial Intelligence Act in the European Union. Abby, it seems like they're making some major strides over there. Absolutely, Michael. After over 36 hours of negotiations spread across three days, the EU has finally reached a political agreement on the AI Act. This includes key topics like predictive policing and the use of AI in law enforcement. And this isn't just any old piece of legislation. The EU is the first continent to set clear rules for the use of AI. It's a monumental step, wouldn't you agree, Abby? Without a doubt, Michael. It's not just a rule book, as Internal Market Commissioner Thierry Breton put it, but a launch pad for EU startups and researchers to lead the global AI race. It's a fascinating... Hold on, Abby. Let's talk about this launchpad concept. It seems like the EU is not only trying to regulate AI, but also foster its growth within its borders. What could this mean for the global AI landscape? Well, Michael, it could possibly shift the center of gravity in AI development. If the EU can create a regulatory environment that's conducive to growth, it could become a hub for AI innovation. Interesting. But let's not forget the human element here. Lawmaker Dragos Tudorake emphasized guiding the development of AI in a human-centric direction. How critical is this aspect, Abby? It's absolutely essential, Michael. AI is a powerful tool, but it must always serve human needs and respect human rights. 
This focus on a human-centric direction ensures that the technology doesn't run amok and treats people as mere data points, right? It's a delicate balance to strike, but it seems the EU is off to a promising start with this AI act. Indeed, Michael. It's a complex issue, but this is a significant step forward. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out and what impact it will have on AI development, both within the EU and globally. From the realm of artificial intelligence and its global implications, we now turn our attention to the world of politics. The 2024 presidential race is heating up, and we are seeing some intriguing shifts in the landscape, especially within the Republican Party. Let's delve into the latest developments. Moving on to the 2024 presidential race, we've got some interesting developments. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley is gaining momentum, especially with the Republican moneyed class. Billionaire Ken Langone, co-founder of Home Depot, just gave her his seal of approval. Abby, thoughts? It's fascinating to see this shift, Michael. Langone is not alone. We've seen Charles Koch's network and North Carolina's Art Pope throwing their weight behind Haley. Even Reed Hoffman, co-founder of LinkedIn and a known Democratic donor, has chipped in a cool quarter of a million to her campaign. Right. And Langone's endorsement is not just about the money. He's talking about her leadership style as being statesmanlike, elegant. He's clearly contrasting this with... With the Trump era, right? Langone was quite direct about it. He said Trump's time has come and gone, and even went as far as calling his actions during the last three months of his presidency disgraceful. Yes, he didn't mince words there. It seems like there's a growing sentiment among some Republicans that they need to move away from Trump's shadow. But what about Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida? Langone mentioned him too, didn't he? He did. While he expressed some liking for DeSantis, he pointed out that his numbers aren't moving. He seems to be suggesting that Haley has a better chance of beating Biden if Biden is the nominee. After all, he said, we can't take any more of this mayhem. It's clear that the upcoming GOP primary is going to be anything but predictable. With Haley's stocks rising and Trump's influence waning, at least among some donors, it's going to be a race to watch. Abby, any final thoughts? Just that it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. If Haley can unite the traditional Republican base and the Trump base, she could be a formidable candidate. But it's a long road to the nomination, and anything can happen along the way.